The IT security staff in crisis. What's the latest research on the, the crisis, and what are organizations doing about it? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with a couple of individuals. One is Julie Peeler. She's director of the ISC Square Foundation. And the other is Bruce Murphy. He's a principal with Deloitte and also a board member of ISC Square. Julie, Bruce, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Great to be here, Tom. Julie, I want to toss this question to you. You've just conducted, you being ISC Squared, your sixth annual global workforce study. And the key conclusion is that we don't have a staffing shortage. Instead, it's a crisis. What leads you to that conclusion? You know, I think past studies have shown that there is a growing staffing crisis. But with this year, we've uncovered a lot more information that shows this triangulation of three different factors that are leading us to move toward the, po- the point where this is a really urgent situation. Obviously, as, as you've pointed out, the staffing shortage, and um, the study contains quite a bit of data on that, including the notion that at least 50% of all professionals that are working in this industry are looking at a staffing shortage, and two-thirds of C-suite level executives report that they've got a security staff shortage. But then add on to that the the rapid advances in new technologies like cloud, BYOD, the use of social media at work, and issues around secure software development. And then add the third piece, which is really just an explosion of the negative actors in this space, all of the, you know, the hackers and, and that sort of thing. And take those three things, a lot more threats, a lot more new technologies where professionals in the industry really need to come up to speed quite quickly on how to secure those new technologies, and then add the fact that you have this growing shortage of professionals. And as I said, you've got this perfect triangulation of these three factors that are leading us toward a really strong sense of urgency here. I've got a question I'd like to toss to both of you, and Julie, perhaps you could take it first. I'd like to take a step back. We've known that information security has been critical for over a decade now. Knowing that, what has created this staffing crisis in IT security, and what's being done today to address it? You know, I don't know that you can necessarily put your finger on any one reason that the staffing shortage has been created. I do think that there are two factors that I've sort of uncovered by doing just some secondary research in this area. One is that this is a hidden industry. No one wakes up when they're six years old and says to themselves, uh, you know, I want to be an IT security specialist. You know, they still want to be policemen and firemen and teachers and, and what they see every day in the classroom or in their everyday lives. But, you know, we hear all the time of even uh, young students who are majoring in IT who have never heard of IT security. So I think that really something needs to be done on the industry level to raise awareness of the existence of the industry and what uh, an incredible profession it is to work in, what an interesting profession, what a lucrative profession it is to work in. And I do think, unfortunately, that a lot of the crises and the front page headlines around IT security really are um, helping us to raise awareness. I think the second thing is an odd thing that I kind of uncovered, as I said, um, doing some secondary research, that a lot of kids today, when they say to their parents, I want to major in IT, the parent then says to the child, you don't want to do that. They're outsourcing those jobs. Well, no, no, they're not. It's, it's actually not possible to outsource an IT security job, any job 
that touches the U.S. government in any way. It's actually not legal to outsource that job. And that's actually true in any country uh, around the world. In, in India, you have to be an Indian to work in, you know, securing the, the critical infrastructure in India, and then the same is true for any country. So I think, you know, there may be a desire on the part of a lot of people to go into IT. They may have the basic skill set, but what they don't have is the security skills, and I think we need to work as an industry to draw more students over into that area and also to look outside of IT. We're seeing a lot more people going into the industry who have JD backgrounds, so they're lawyers, managers, uh, engineers. We need to really be drawing from kind of a gamut of skill sets to make sure we have all the right skill sets to secure our infrastructure. Yeah, I've had a couple of things, uh, and agree with uh, what Julie stated. But I think you know, the industry has continued to evolve. Uh, you know, I've been in it for 25 years or so, but the pace at which it's moving now is, is dramatic. And I think the infrastructure on education and the infrastructure around attracting talent and you know, educational programs and formalized degree programs uh, have not been uh, as, as forefront as it should be. So organizations like IIT Square become critically important around, around this because we can begin to you know, credentialize and really put a, you know, a name and a face behind the industry and give it real, real weight and real credibility. There's also been, you know, a lot of historical lack of reporting of actual incidents, uh, and as Julie indicated, you know, we're, we're seeing executive order around security. We're seeing uh, you know, communications around identification of our, our competitors in China. Uh, our Chinese army are actually attacking us. Uh, there's you know, documented evidence of that. So what's happened is we, we had a lot of information that wasn't necessarily visible, and a lot of folks really didn't believe that this was really as serious as it had become. Uh, and you know, that, that denial is kind of helping back a little bit. But we are starting to see people take it more seriously. We, we are seeing more degree programs, more uh, undergraduate and graduate programs that deal specifically with the discipline of technology risk, risk management, and security specifically. So, so there, is, there are some things that are happening to address that, but it's, it, it needs to be accelerated from an acute pace. So a follow-up question for both of you. We've talked about a staffing shortage for some years now, but here we are in 2013. We're calling it a crisis. What's at risk if we don't address this crisis in 2013? What's at risk is the infrastructure of our countries uh, and uh, the safety of our children working and playing and uh, learning online. Uh, and uh, you know, it could really extend to even more pervasive security issues and financial crises on a number of different fronts. So it, it's pretty severe. Uh, I haven't even you know, talked about just the, the, the infrastructure of things like the water system and the power grids and the utility environments. All these areas are, you know, can be compromised much more easily than they ever could in the past, and it can become a dramatic problem, especially when we're seeing uh, trafficking and uh, malicious code and uh, other different types of malware. People can actually go out on the Internet and just you know, buy these uh, pretty insidious tools uh, and use them not once but many times and on a repeat basis. So it's, uh, it can become a real uh, severe problem. Let's talk about some specific responsibilities within the industry then. Bruce, I'll toss this to you first. What do the info security pros have to do differently to help address this crisis? I, I think that they need to do something that we've been talking about for a while is, is basically shift the dialogue around what the impact of these types of attacks and problems really are. And what I mean by that is, in the past, we've talked specifically about technology issues and the underpinnings of the Internet protocol and firewalls and configurations and so forth. Uh, unfortunately, the, you know, the broad majority of business leaders and 
the world at large got turned off when you hear that language. So we need to start communicating in terms of what does it mean to a business and what does it mean to a country and what does it mean to our, our general safety that these security issues aren't addressed properly. Uh, and I think that starts to really uh, raise the level of the dialogue in terms of uh, people investing in this, people you know, building educational programs and folks in, investing their careers in this direction, uh, people really starting to understand what does this mean for practical terms and take it out of kind of the dark corner that people were alluding to a kind of hidden profession and really takes it to the forefront because it is so critical and important on so many fronts as, as we talked about. And, Julie, your thoughts. What do info security pros have to do differently? You know, if you were to talk about it on an individual basis, I think Bruce makes a great point, but on an individual basis, every single professional working in information security today needs to reconnect back to the educational system. They need to remember where they came from, and they need to be out there in the community at the, the grammar school, high school, college level advocating for this profession. You know, we also run a program called Safe and Secure Online where our certified professionals go into classrooms and teach young children as young as five years old about um, cybersecurity, cyber safety, and cyber ethics. And they always end up that presentation by talking about what it is they do for a living. And you see their little faces light up. You know, it seems like such a simple thing, but when I think about our 90,000 members, imagine 90,000 of them around the world getting out there and getting into classrooms in the grammar school level, the high school level, at the college level. Um, I think that that can have a huge difference. One of the things that we're doing also as an industry organization and a certifying body is we're working a lot more with the education community to build curriculum around the common body of knowledge behind each one of our certifications so that we make sure that the curriculum in cybersecurity is as thorough as it can possibly be and also that they are really prepared for the profession because our common body of knowledge changes um, and is updated uh, four times a year. So it's updated on an almost perpetual basis. And it, it really helps them stay ahead of things and make sure that after four years of study, they're not four years behind in terms of their skill set. They're right on top of things and ready to go into the workforce. Bruce, what's the responsibility for employers? What do they need to do differently? I, I think it's important, uh, Tom, that, that they will take this seriously. And I think that employers on a number of fronts need to really raise the importance of uh, education and credentialing around the uh, security profession. Uh, and, you know, in some cases, you know, make it a requirement for where they need to go with their career. So, so for example, I'm um, in the security and privacy practice at Deloitte, and we have a mandatory requirement that, if anyone is going to advance to the manager level, they've got to have a security credential like a CSSP. Otherwise, they will not be able to continue to advance their career. So it's those kinds of things that we think are critical to raise the importance of the profession, make sure it is viewed as a serious profession that it is credential and viewed as a viable source of talent and information. I would also say that employers need to do more outreach in terms of the educational community. Uh, and invest in various programs that are starting to see emerge at the graduate, the graduate level that are focused in these areas, whether it's through specific grants or in terms of working with those programs and giving them visibility to other types of pilot programs and so forth. But ultimately making some investments in, in bringing in and attracting you know, the talent and, and making sure that they have the capabilities and the resources and the alternatives to really get access to the right knowledge uh, to be able to be not only the extra credential in the space, but have the ability to actually deal with 
thwarting the various attacks and problems that we're seeing. It's, it's, it's quite an extensive body of work that's required to do that. So having an educational program devised early and often and having the business community supporting that is going to be critical. Now, Julie, let's come back to the schools. What do the schools, the industry associations, and even certifying bodies like your own have to do to address this crisis? Well, I really do think that a major piece of it is the curriculum development and making sure that curriculum um, in cybersecurity is seated at the earliest levels. I think there's a base amount of information um, and skills that every human being needs to have, regardless of whether or not they're going to end up majoring in uh, information security and entering the profession later on as, as they grow up. So, you know, that is really one of the uh, major things that needs to be done. And also, I think as an industry association, we can take a leadership role in the notion of raising the awareness of um, of the industry and, and the attractiveness of this as a profession, really about it. Very good. I appreciate your time and your insight today. The topic has been the IT security staffing crisis. I've been talking with Julie Peeler, Director of ISC Square Foundation, and Bruce Murphy, Principal with Deloitte and an ISC Square board member. Julie, Bruce, thank you both so much for your insight today. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. It was fun. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.